Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. Together we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. Today we have an email from Brenda. It says, hi, I wanted to ask you about letters of recommendation. I am working a full-time job, but I'm thinking of looking for a part-time job, which means I would leave my current job. However, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was reading that like kind of intentionally. People need to read their shit out loud, though, right? Because yeah. if you re- if if Brenda, thank you, Brenda, for writing in. I'm going to make fun of your writing now. If you would, if if Brenda would have read that out loud, I think she, her ear would have caught the job, 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 job. job. and yeah. then it just—it's like you, it's like I can tell that you probably didn't read it out loud because if you did, I don't—I I can't imagine you would have left that in like that. It just—is there a name for? It? Yeah, it's a. I just looked this up too. Isn't it? Um, oh, on a. On a Mount or something? No, no. Or that's that? like Bam, Boom, Biff. That's like those Batman cartoons. Where Alli- it's the alliteration? Or? No, that's starting the same. <laughs> I think it might be Euphony. Okay. Throw um, out all these random... Oh, no. Euphony is the quality of being pleasing to the ear, especially through a harmonious combination of words. Okay. Well, that's getting close, but the thing is that it's not actually pleasing to the ear to hear that. It's kind of, it's repetitive and kind of a little, it's not boring, but it's like just kind of one note. It's the same note over and over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, there's nothing wrong with it, Brenda. It's, It's fine. However, I would want to get a letter of recommendation from my current employer before I leave. Let's say I obtain my letters between May and July of this year. If I submit my application, let's say December of this year, with the November LSAT, uh uh-oh, do the dates on the letters matter? Worst case scenario, I would submit my application in February of 2023. My concern is if I request the letters, do the dates on the letters of recommendation matter? Thank you, Brenda. So, Brenda, Let's put the lecture about your writing aside. And we're also going to put the question about dates on your letters of recommendation aside. Because Ben is about to give you a lecture on a different topic. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to quickly say that the letters don't matter. And this just makes me think about, or, sorry, the dates on the letters don't matter. Um, in part because the letters themselves don't matter. I mean, I feel like we're reading this email, and this is not uncommon, Brenda, but it's like people are hyper-concerned about the wrong things. Yep. Right? They're not concerned about their GPA enough, but if that's set in stone, then I guess there's nothing to be concerned about it now. They're not concerned about their LSAT score enough. They're not concerned about when they apply. (laughs) Right. You know, and maybe, I got to say, Ben, I... I don't believe anything that the law schools say. I mean, I believe what Dean Z at University of Michigan says, because she seems like she's a straight shooter. I don't believe what most law school admissions folks, whether they work at the law school or they used to work at the law school and now they work in admissions consulting. I just don't believe what most of these folks say because I feel like it's a sleight of hand type of a thing where they, they, get, they get applicants thinking about 
personal statement, letters of recommendation, let's get the ball rolling on these other app, these other elements of your application because they're in a rush to get you to apply, but also because it's like they, they don't want to talk about the thing that they can't do anything about, which is your LSAT score. Mm -hmm. And it's such a powerful lever on your application but they can't, it's not their domain. They suck at the LSAT themselves. Otherwise they wouldn't be working in law school admissions. And they, they, they don't want to talk about that. Cause that's, that, that's like scary to them. They can't do it. They, they, and I, I don't know. I think that they almost think that there's nothing that can be done about that. Oh, there's a strong belief of that, right? Like, yeah. Pre-law advisors say this all the time. Like, oh, right. don't take it again. Or if you take it again, the most you could possibly improve is two points. And right. I think that all comes from the study that was conducted by LSAC, which showed that people who repeated the test went up on average two points. But <laughs> as, we, as we know, there's a big difference between the group of people who did absolutely nothing between those two tests and people who actually did something well that's also like probably mean improvement maybe Just, it was median improvement sure. but it ignores the it, 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 so like right but even if that was the mean and the mm -hmm. median improvement mm -hmm. There still is some section of the of the people who improved by like 10 points that you're just like they changed their lives. Yeah. And you're just so focused on the oh well, you know, on average like people don't improve, so there's nothing that can be done. It's like yeah. no, but even in your own study, I feel like this is an LSAT logical reasoning question now. Even in your own study, I'm sure that there was this big chunk of people who did improve by a life-changing amount. Absolutely. And Putting that aside, like, most people don't do jack shit between their tests. So, okay, they didn't... Oh, you mean they did the exact same thing and they didn't improve? Oh, shocker. Yeah. Well, you're also, you're only looking at official LSATs, whereas a lot of people, you know, they take a diagnostic test, a practice test, and they get a score, and then they, they hear or get wind of that, that idea of a two-point increase and they think that that applies to them. But the reality is the study was only looking at people who took it officially. So how many of those people had actually <laughs> taken it unofficially and then ended up with a much higher score? And maybe, yeah, they took it again and their score didn't improve that much, but they're already way higher than where they were when they started. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> and, and we get emails every day from people who improved by... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 points. Well, e even, even 30. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I remember when one of my students who actually became a tutor for me had improved by 31 points, and I just never, ever, ever saw that again until the last couple of years. And yeah. we've seen that a couple of times. And it's like, okay, that was just unbelievable, unimaginable. <laughs> yeah. So... And, uh, Anyways, yeah, people people improve left and right. I mean, our students improve by life changing amounts yep. all the time. Uh, in fact, I don't even want to work with you if if you don't if you're not open to the possibility of changing by a life improving by a life changing amount. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't want I don't want your business. Like I don't want to help you get five points improvement so that you squeak in the back door of some bullshit law school. I want to give you 15 points so that you get a full ride at that bullshit law school mm -hmm. or else I, I would prefer that you go prepare elsewhere. Like I, I want, I really want, like if I, if I'm not going to change your life for the better, 
then I don't want your business because I definitely don't want to change your life for the worse, mm -hmm. which is exactly what I'll be doing if I get you from a 145 to a 150. Like yeah. That would be hurting you. But getting you from a 145 to a 165, now I'm helping you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so back to Brenda. So three most important things. Your UGPA, your undergraduate GPA, your LSAT score, and when you apply. Um, talking about applying in December yeah, that's means you're big. already <laughs> really late. And then a February is just is inconceivable, right? That's just even further behind the eight ball. And it's like, what? But yeah. if she's listening to the law schools, yeah. they're like, no, no, our priority application deadline, one of our early admissions deadlines is May 1st. Yep. And it's like, okay, that's bullshit. That is not any kind of early application. They can call it whatever they want, but that's not early. Most no. people who are going to go to law school in 2023 already know exactly where they're going. I mean, you know, I heard yesterday from somebody who got into Harvard mm -hmm. who, and that, you know, that was like their final round of admissions decisions coming out on March 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> this Brenda is like worst case scenario. I would apply in February of 2023, which what? No. Oh my God. Like that's so, so ridiculously late in the cycle. By the way, this, this student who found out yesterday that he got into Harvard, he applied in September and has been waiting since then for the decision from Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Harvard. So we're, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a place where you're willing to wait and you're probably not going to get a scholarship because you, well, you, they only do need-based um, financial yeah. aid anyways. So, I yeah. I mean, the long and short of this is don't worry about your letters. If you can get a letter, great, get it. And if it's dated in May or July or June, great. I don't All care. All they're doing when they look at your letters of recommendation is making sure that you're not a psycho. They're making mm -hmm. sure that you're not one of these people who is like such a, such a psychopath or sociopath or whatever the definition is where you you asked someone for a letter and that person actually hates you and you don't even realize it. Yeah, if you cannot find one living soul on a planet of 8 billion people to endorse you, there's a problem. Otherwise, they've got so many better data points. They And the data points that really matter are your LSAT and your undergraduate GPA. Then they're going to read your personal statement. Then all these other things are just ticking off boxes. Yep. You're going to need two, two letters from people who respect you and are going to say nice things about you. And it does not matter what the date is on those on those letters, but the date of the applications does matter. I mean, last year, Ben, we had people who had full rides in hand in September for the following September. Yep. So <laughs> that, and that's not at every school, but it is at some schools. And Brenda, if you apply in December or if you apply, God forbid, in February, I think all you're doing is lining up so that you can pay tuition, pay, pay for the scholarships of the people who applied before you. Yep. At that point, they're running. Uh, it's not that they're running out of dollars, but they're, they're, um, they're running up against the costs that they face as an institution, and they want to cover those costs by somebody's tuition <laughs> so they they can't continue yeah. 
giving out the free rides. So yeah, now they have it's to like, pay for it, that. Yeah, it's like they run up their credit card in the beginning <laughs> of the application cycle yeah. with all of these scholarships that they give out because there's a feeding frenzy at the very beginning of every admission cycle. And I just, I'm, we're in the business of getting people to go to law school for free. I, I, get, I mean, I get people don't, like, we get criticism. People are like, oh, they're wrong about admissions. They don't know what they're talking about. It's like, okay, well, hmm, yeah, but what about the hundreds of students that we sent to law school for free? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, whatever. If you don't want to go for free, then don't listen to us. That's fine. But if you, if you want to listen to us, then I hope you are buying in on the idea that you're going to go for free. And if you're going to go for free, then you need to follow our advice, or at least you'll be putting yourself in the best position to go for free if you follow our advice. Yeah. Apply early. There's a feeding frenzy. Law schools are out there trying to fill their classes with qualified applicants. They don't want their medians to go down on their 509 report, so they have to go out there and try to poach students with high LSATs. And if you apply early with the right LSAT, then they're going to make you offers. And then at the end of the cycle, the people who apply in December or the people who apply in fucking February, you might get in because they need somebody to pay for all those scholarships. But the, the odds of you getting a scholarship with that late of an application, the, the odds diminish significantly because at some point they have to start paying the bills. Yeah. All right. Anyways, good luck, Brenda. I hope that's helpful or at least reorients you in terms of your timeline. Um, focus on your LSAT score and get that as high as you possibly can. Then take the test and then apply in the next September, whatever it is. <laughs> it's, I, I, we're not trying to do a bait and switch. I hope everybody's clear about that. I mean, well, you know, Brenda emailed daily at LSATdemon.com. We are in the LSAT business, to be clear. But, you know, she, she wrote us asking these asking questions about letters of recommendation. And it's like, we can talk to you about that, but we would prefer to talk to you about the thing that is vastly more important, which is get the right LSAT and apply at the right point in the cycle and play the game correctly. Play the game, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for writing in. Email daily at LSATdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admission news. Thanks for listening.